On today's show, I talk to Carol about her VIP tour. This is WRWDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 145. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. And today I have an episode I'm really, really excited about. Uh, Carol reached out to me because she went on a VIP tour. And this is something I have not done at the parks. It is something I've always wanted to do. Um, So I had a ton of questions. So she was very kind. Let me grill her about everything she did, what was included, what were some of the things that she could have done? Because the great thing about the VIP tours we learn on this episode is the flexibility. So, you know, her group chose to go one route with how they wanted to spend their day. But that doesn't mean there aren't like dozens of other things they could have done if they had wanted to. So the flexibility was really, really amazing. And their tour guide went above and beyond and really, you know, bent over backwards to make sure they had the most magical time ever. So this, I was so excited um, to talk to Carol about this uh, VIP tour. And she was very sweet to let me grill her about everything VIP. So I will let Carol take it away. Hey, Carol, how are you today? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm, I was so excited when you reached out to me, like ridiculously excited because you did something really cool. Yeah, I was so excited to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you did something super, super cool on your last trip. You did a VIP tour. I did. I did. I'm dying, dying to hear all about it. So you don't mind. I'd love to just kind of start with the basics of the VIP tour. So, you know, who were you traveling with and how did you guys decide to do a VIP tour? What what was the story behind? Like, let's, let's up this trip. Let's do VIP. All right. So a friend of mine just decided that he wanted to splurge a little bit. So he booked a VIP tour and then he chatted with a bunch of friends and was like, Hey, get yourself to Disney World and you can join this tour. And I thought, well, why wouldn't I get myself to Disney World for this tour? So it was a whirlwind trip. It was just one day for me, just the VIP tour, but it was pretty incredible. Wow! So a friend just was like, I'm doing this, just decided and... Okay. Where was he celebrating anything or this was just like, I, this is just a bucket list thing. Let's do it. I don't know if it was a bucket list because I don't know if he had really known about it very much prior to this, but I think just everyone's sort of starting new chapters in their life and why not kick it off with something magical? Okay. Well, that's, this is like one really great way to do just that. Okay. So how, how many people total did he get to join you guys for the VIP group? So there were five of us. Okay. And have you guys done, have anybody in the group done Disney before? Yes. So two of us had done Disney and Disney World specifically one of us had done Disney, but not Disney World. And then we had two completely fresh faces. Okay. So we have a good mix here. We yeah. got a good mix of people. And I'm really curious at the end of this to hear like what everybody thought of the VIP tour, you know, the newbies versus maybe somebody who's a little more of an expert and knows how to tour the parks. So wh- where do you fall on on that scale of, you know, newbie to to Disney pro? So I am, 
I guess I would now consider myself a Disney pro because I went through your podcast and planned a vacation for my family, which was in January, so relatively recent. And I went to Disney World quite frequently as a child. So I, I've, I really, I feel like I understand Disney World pretty well and just have to kind of keep up with the nuances of things that have been updated or changed since I last visited. Okay. You know the parks then. And so when he approached you, how, like, how did that conversation go? Was he like, it's, it's going to be on this date. It's X number of dollars. Like what, what was the conversation that happened? Did you know what you were getting into, you know, with the tour and, and not just the tour itself, but like financially with the tour, cause they're not cheap. Sure. So the way he approached is that he was going to Disney World. He was going to go do this really magical thing. And then he specifically booked a tour for that day. And he covered all of the costs for the tour. And he just wanted to share it with people. He's a really generous soul. And he just loves making people happy. So that is... So I didn't have to think about the cost piece of the tour. I only had to think about the cost piece of getting to Orlando and covering my ticket for the day to be in Disney World. Wow. Can I be friends with this person? (laughs) He sounds amazing. I would like to be his friend as well. Okay. So even though he covered the cost, you said that you didn't have to worry about the cost of it. Did, Did you discuss the cost of it at all? Do you know what he ended up spending? I asked for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Asked any other, you know, I would have just let that be magical. Yeah, I I appreciate that that information. Yeah, I do appreciate that. I know it can be weird, and I don't, I don't often ask people like, "What did you spend on stuff for that?" For that reason, because you know, people, it's they're not always comfortable talking about it. But I think when we're talking like a VIP tour, people are really curious. Like, is this something that? can be in my budget because it's it is a very big expense. Okay, so you were very kind and broke the social contract and asked him what it cost, what did he <laughs> so tell you? It was six fifty an hour for that day. And there is a range. So it can be anywhere between four hundred and twenty five and this is per hour to 850. So we were right in the middle of that range. I'm guessing this flexes the similar to like the lightning lane cost structure. If there's going to be a lot of demand, it's going to be in that higher range. Or if it's out of season, then maybe that lower range. Okay. And so you said there were five of you total. So like assuming you were going to split it, what's the, it's, I, it's per hour. It's not per person. So that six fifties per hour, whether you have one person or 10 people in your group. Yes. Okay. That's right. And so if everyone was splitting this, if you've got a group of friends together, then, you know, if you found a date where you're at that 425 level, then, and you have to book a minimum of seven hours. We booked nine. So I guess like there's a lot of factors there, but if you had 10 people, at the cheapest level at 425 an hour and you book the minimum seven hours, that would be just under $300 a person. Yeah. I'm like I'm pulling out my calculator right now. How many hours did you say you did? We did nine, nine hours. Nine hours at mm-hmm. 650 an hour. So that's $5,850. So yes. if it were the five people, that would have been just over $1,100. But if you could have gotten 10 people, that's $585. So yeah. Not too bad. That really, 
considering what you get, which obviously we'll get into. And it's so you did five people. Do you know what the max number of people you can have? Yes. And that that's 10 people. So I believe that there were groups that had more than 10 people. And what they did was they had an extra tour guide. So it yeah. looked like they maybe booked two tours and did the same itinerary for both tours and stayed together. So there, I'm sure there's ways around that that maximum if you do have 12 people in your family. Yeah, you would have to pay for a second tour guide if you and have more than 10. count for this. Unlike a lot of Disney where like if you have an infant, there's a lot of free stuff going on. Infants do count as a person in the tour. Infants count. Okay. And now you also, I think it's important to point out, you also need to buy a park ticket. So if you don't have a park ticket or an annual pass, like you're going to have to purchase that. So that would be... Yes. That cost on top of it. You wouldn't have to purchase a park ticket for the baby, but the baby would count towards your 10 for the group. Yeah. Okay. Correct. That's a little confusing. It is, isn't it? That's why I'm like, we better make sure yeah. we, we spell that out. So if you have a little person who doesn't need to buy a park ticket, they don't need the park ticket, but they will count towards your 10, your 10 people right. for the group. Okay. So you picked a date or your your friend booked the date, invited you along you're excited. You're ready to go. You booked your trip. What, what, ha like, how does it work then? So you've booked it. What happens? How, like, where do you meet the tour guide? How do they know what you want to do? What's the process once you've booked? So, uh, as a group of friends, we chatted outside of sort of the Disney bubble and decided what was important to us. And we all decided that we wanted to hit up as many big ticket attractions as possible. And the ones with the longest lines, the ones that would be harder to do with just a regular ticket to a park and no like extras, no lightning lane, anything like that. So we all individually came up with a list in each park of the top five things we wanted to do. And then we put that list together and sort of figured out what the order of preference would be for the whole group. And so then we sent the VIP tour department what we wanted our itinerary to be. So we sent them basically the top four rides of each of the four parks that we wanted to hit. And we wanted to hit all four parks. That was part of our goal. Okay. So you're doing four park in one day. So at what what's the the timeline between like booking and sending them this information? Do you know like how far in advance they need that? They request that information two weeks in advance, but they're not very pushy at all. So I hope not for that kind of money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hope they're, they're not too pushy. Like, what do you want to do? So you could have given them basically no information at that point and then updated that later. We had another discussion with the VIP tours department the day before to see if anything had changed and if there were any differences that we wanted, any any things we wanted to add or take out. And then when we actually met up with our tour guide, the very first thing she did was ask us if we were still all in for that itinerary or if we needed to make changes. Okay. And do they do things on the fly or do they go by your itinerary? Like you gave them a list of rides. Are they only doing that or did they kind of add things here and there as you went along? I believe they have the ability to do both. Our tour guide really internal, internalized our goals and decided that she was going to help us reach them. And she was she was very gung-ho on that, and it was wonderful. But things happen, right? There was a lightning storm that evening, and all of the outdoor rides at Magic Kingdom were shut down. So some of those rides were on our list, and we had to pivot. So she 
would see if we had ideas. And if she, if we didn't have an idea, then she would offer suggestions, but it was completely based on what we wanted there. She wouldn't just be tell us like, no, you're going to do this. So it was all <laughs> You'll like it. Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what about rides that currently have like only a virtual queue? You know, I'm thinking like Guardians or, you know, any in the future, I'm sure this will be how they do. Like when Tron opens, I'm sure it'll be a similar, like here's the virtual queue. How, are you able to add those rides to your list or those off yes. limits? Those are on limits and we don't need to do the 7 a.m. grab a virtual pass. Okay. Yeah. 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 We we didn't have to get up at seven and do that. It was just part of the tour, and she handled it for us. Okay. Cool. What and so what else is included? So you have you know your point of contact that you're talking to for your to just be like here are our goals at the parks. They get all of that. You get to go on all of these rides with a tour guide. What else is included? Yeah, so we had the, the pre-arrival planning. We had the personal tour guide. Private transportation is also included. And this won't be important if you're going to be in one park. But if you are hopping between parks, Disney recommends an hour and a half travel time between those parks. But uh, when you have a private shuttle that's going through the backstage area, it takes no more than 15 minutes to get between those parks. So it cuts down on time and it's air-conditioned. Um, so it's wonderful. Oh, okay. So, and what was the sh- shuttle like? Was it a bus? Like, what it, was it? There was only five of us, so six with our guide. Our guide drove. Um, so it was just a van for us. Okay. That's so, really great, though, yeah. that they take you from park to park, because that does eat up quite a bit of time, especially if yeah. you're trying to do all four parks. And to be clear, we did not walk to the parking lot, right? We did not have to go back through the entrances of the parks. We went out cast doors and went to the cast parking sections. So it cut out a lot of walking time as well. We did walk 16 miles that day. I was going to ask, was anybody wearing like a Fitbit or an Apple watch? (laughs) How many, how many steps did you get that day? Yeah. 16 miles in nine hours. Wow. That's a a lot. lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Okay. Anything else like included in that price? That is what they tell you is included on the website. Now, what I found was that another inclusion is that Mickey wants to take care of you. And this, our tour guide repeated all day. Mickey wants you hydrated. Mickey doesn't want you hungry. So our tour guide just like constantly put cold bottled water in our hands to make sure we were hydrated and not overheating. And then there were quite a few snacks offered and Mickey took care of all of that. We also ended up with rain in the forecast. So Mickey gave us all Mickey ponchos. Oh, nice. What kind of snacks did did Mickey have on hand for you? Mm-hmm. So we ended up with two rounds of like kind of park snacks. So that's like pretzel, Mickey pretzels or popcorn or like Mickey bars, Mickey cookie sandwiches, that sort of thing. So what's available sort of at the snack carts. And then anytime we were in the backstage areas, there were interns helping sort of shuttle the van to where it needed to be kind of valet parking style I guess and they had baskets of pre-packaged snacks so that was things like snack size bags of chips and little packets of gourmet granola high-end granola bars fruit squeezes for the kids things like that that were readily available all the time for us anytime we went backstage okay what now what if you wanted to add dining to a VIP package. Do they work with you on that? Like, do you know if that would be something they could do? It is something they could do. We wouldn't need a reservation. It might be tricky for like 
something like Cinderella's castle, but considering, you know, we have that two week period, I bet they would work something out. So we ended up wanting to have food in the middle of this tour. We hadn't planned on doing that, but we got hungry. So we ended up mo mobile ordering and it was no big deal at all. It was very quick. They had our food ready. They had a table all ready for us. She has, our tour guide has a command center. So she's constantly in contact with them as our needs change or we request something. She has a whole team making that happen behind the scenes so she can be present with us and help us enjoy our time. So the moment you guys are like, we're getting hungry and she knows you're ordering from whatever restaurant, she can call in, make sure somebody can like grab a table big enough for your group, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that she no, can was, stay with you and somebody else can get you seating. It felt like magic. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, my husband's not gonna be happy when we're done talking. Cause I'm going to be like, you know what we need to do a VIP tour. <laughs> yeah. <together>. yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> we also all got 50th anniversary VIP tour pins at the end of the tour. Oh, cool. So that was another just sort of thing that came with the tour. Okay. So these, so those things that you mentioned towards the end there aren't necessarily promoted. And so I'm assuming that that kind of stuff changes from tour to tour, but that's what you experienced was is, a yes. lot of snacks, a pin, and obviously like amazing service, which I think is going to come no matter when you book, but. Right. And when we ordered food, we paid for the entrees and we weren't starving. So we shared a few entrees between the five of us. Um, and then our tour guide ordered a selection of sort of appetizer hors d'oeuvre type things. Um, we, we were in Pandora. So she just picked out something she thought we would like to try and had a selection of those. So we got to enjoy some like, I don't know, some of the offerings that we wouldn't have picked because we were just grabbing an entree. So oh, that's amazing. That was also pretty special. And that wasn't that wasn't a part of our order. She just took care of that for us to give us that experience. Cool. And the person who set up the tour, my friend, um, his favorite thing at Disney World is the Night Blossom beverage from Pangu Pangu in Pandora. And so Mickey had that special treat waiting for all of us. So we all got a round of that beverage. I want you to walk me through your day with the VIP tour. Okay. All right. So when, when did you get started that day? Like, did you start early or did you start a little bit later in the day? We started at noon. So sort of midway through the day, we wanted a little park time beforehand. Okay. So you're pre-gaming it at the park. So we pre-gamed, yeah. And, okay. Um, the tour, you can, you can sort of decide where you want to meet up for that, right? So they can pick you up from your hotel if you're going to start like right in the morning or you can meet them somewhere. So we met at Epcot because that's where we were going to be in the morning. And so we met up, we went through a round of introductions um, and then checked in on our goals once again. And so as soon as all of that was confirmed, then we just jumped right into the tour and we started off with Guardians of the Galaxy. Our tour guide would take us through the lightning lanes. So she had a special way of scanning in and she would just scan in. So we didn't ever have to scan in for anything during this whole time. So we went through the lightning lane got to enjoy that ride, which you've described before how amazing it is. It's so um, fun. Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but if you, are, if you can handle roller coasters, you should do it. Yeah. Um, and then we walked over to Frozen. That was next on our Epcot list. Um, 
And we had a list. We didn't necessarily do our list in order of like, I want these three rides at Epcot in this order of preference. Like she would just make sure we hit the top three rides so that if it was easier transportation wise to hit up like our third selection as opposed to our second next, she would, she knew the logistics of that. So she made it efficient for us. So you're not darting back and forth and. Right, right. So we headed over to Frozen and went on that ride. And as we were walking off, she handed us special Norwegian bottled water because Mickey wanted us hydrated (laughs) Um, and then ushered us out a back entrance of World Showcase to the cast area where our van was waiting. And then we drove around the back of the World Showcase. Now, part of our tour was like, we just really wanted to hit those attractions, right? Um. So we weren't very interested in the the backstage things, but she did ask if we were. She also asked if that peek behind the curtains that we would get would ruin the magic for anyone. If it would, she would be able to figure out the most efficient path that didn't utilize these cast corridors and take us out of that magic bubble. I'm like, I wish you could see my face because like my jaws on the ground. I love, okay, first of all, because I need to backtrack for a sec. The fact that you were in Norway, which is, you know, on the Mexico side, but towards like the front of World Showcase. And then they took instead of walking around to Remy, they took you backstage and drove you around. So first, there's that. That's kind of amazing. Secondly, before she did that, she made sure like, is this going to ruin it for anybody? Would you rather walk? Do you want to see the stuff or do you just want the magic and, you know, don't want to see a glimpse behind the scenes? I love that they considered all that. They made sure before everybody did it. And then they drove you around World Showcase, yeah. <laughs> which anyone who's like walked around when you're like, oh, we got to like, you know, make a beeline for Emmy. You got that lightning lane in five minutes and you're like trying to walk as fast. It's a long walk. It yeah. feels like a long walk when you are trying to get. And then Remy especially is like way back there. So, oh, my I'm I'm just dying. This is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It was really cool. And she Continue. would point out all of the all of the backs of the World Showcase buildings. So she'd say, like, you know, that one right there is France, and that one is this. And so we were getting to see the backside of it. And then there was other buildings back there, and she would tell us what those buildings were for, and oh, that's so you know, cool. ask us if we had any interest. We passed the big costuming shop, and she's like, that is that you know, we can go in and take a peek if anyone had any interest in that. And so that was really cool. That's amazing. I did a um. Uh, the Princess 10K, I believe. Yeah. I, and that you run through Epcot. And so much of that one is backstage. And as I was running, I'm like looking at these buildings. And I really, I was like, I wish I knew what these buildings were because I had no idea yeah. what anything was. So like, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about that experience where I was back there. And I was like, well, you know, what are all of, there's so many buildings back there that you can't see. So yeah, that's and so it's a cool. whole city, right? I mean, they had like a water treatment plant. They had a whole medical center for their cast. They had so much. So that was really wonderful wow. to kind of get a peek behind that and just see how how much it takes to operate this park. I know that you know you said your priority was more these more the rides than the backstage mm-hmm. stuff. But did you stop and look at any of these buildings when she offered, or did you guys guys just keep going? We did not choose to stop. Okay. We were told that our itinerary was incredibly ambitious and <laughs> no one thought we were going to get it done. Okay. Our tour guide actually had bets with some of the other tour guides. Okay. So, so we wanted to stay on task as much as we could. I understand that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's nice that you had the option. 
Yeah, and and that we we had the, a little tour guide as we were driving, just kind of telling us about this stuff. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite little things was the waterway between France and UK pavilions. You could just drive under that in the backstage area, which was so cool to like be under this water. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we then we drove around to Remy and did Remy. And so that was our last ride that we wanted to do at Epcot. Okay. So you only had the three rides. Yeah, and we had a Epcot. morning in Epcot. So we weren't, we had gotten a lot done in the morning. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause you, wild. you started at noon and you said that you went to the park first. But we like our, our minimum goal was to hit three attractions in each park. So did she have any other, you know, nuggets of useful information about Epcot that might be fun? <laughs> She did tell us her personal story of meeting her husband at the Italian Pavilion. And that was just so sweet to like really have our tour guide tied to this magic in such a personal way. Oh, wow. That felt really special. So I've heard, I have not done a VIP tour, but I've heard that all of the tour guides have like a, a history with Disney, which is obviously why they'd be the perfect fit, you know, as a tour guide. Did you get like her backstory at all? Like her time with Disney? A little bit. She spent five years with Disney. So she was in her fifth year. And the first three of those years, the VIP tours department was a part of the guest services department. They were together. So she didn't spend all of her time as a VIP tour guide. She kind of flopped back and forth between the tour guide role and a a guest relations role. So she was doing both pieces of that. During COVID, they did a restructuring and the VIP tour kind of became its own separate entity. So now she exclusively does tour guides. So she's walking 16 miles a day every day. Well, you know, it sounds like not everybody is as ambitious as you. So (laughs) maybe not. She says she really likes it because she enjoys the guest services, but she has just like a 30 second picture of the person and what is happening to them versus this tour where she spends the entire day with us and really gets to know us, right? We got to know a lot about her personal life and she got to hear about our personal life and she made our goals her goals. And like, it it felt like a magical friendship had developed, right? Like we all wanted to hug her at the end. Yeah. (laughs) So she did such a great job. She was so personable and it was wonderful. And she met her husband at at working at Epcot. That's so sweet. (laughs) Okay. So you did your, your three big rides in Epcot. So where are they driving you to? And like, how are, how are you getting there? You're backstage behind Remy. Is there somebody to pick you up? We were, I think the closest entrance was in the UK pavilion. So we had like a, just a short walk to the next pavilion because we, because Remy's in France. Right. So, so yeah, we just walked right back to the next pavilion and went through a little area and the cast areas were very interesting because they went from like literally just a hole in the wall, but painted in such a way that you miss it. And you don't even notice when you're walking around the world showcase to much more hidden, like going through a series of doors. So it was, it was very interesting going through those cast places and just feeling like, Oh, this is literally just a hole in the wall. At any point I could have just walked through this, right? Like (laughs) very interesting, but I never noticed it, right? Like they, they disguise it visually. Wow. So she drives us to Hollywood studios and this is our first encounter with the interns. She was an intern before starting to work for Disney. So she told us they work doubly hard from everyone else. We should be very nice to them. Okay. So the interns were there waiting for us with their baskets of snacks and to valet the van for us. So we all grabbed a snack and this was right next to Tower of Terror. So right on the 
like, I guess the side that's not in the park. So we are seeing this beautiful side of the building. So are you over by Fantasmic? Are you back over there? Yeah, down Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit of a walk because we're heading to two. We're heading to Galaxy's Edge. So yeah, so you have to go from one, really one end of the park to the other end of the park. Okay. And that wasn't the case in most of the parks, but we told her we were okay with walking. And I guess getting straight to Galaxy's Edge is a bit more challenging now with the Star Cruiser up and uh, running, kind of taking up that what would have been the, the easy way to get okay. there. Okay. But it was great because, you know, we had two completely newbies with them who had never seen Hollywood Studios and, you know, walking down that boulevard and having her explain how the architecture is going from, it was the 1920s to the 1950s, each building representing a different era. Love that. I love the front of Hollywood Studios, the front of that park. So I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that the newbies got to like walk through the old Hollywood feel is super fun. It's it so fun. And it for like for me, it's like childhood memories as well. But, yes, yeah. but I, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Okay. So you walked through the park and you're heading over to Galaxy's Edge. I assume Rise of the Resistance is your top priority here. I assume yes. that's where you guys are headed. Yeah. So she's taking us to Rise of the Resistance and she gets us in the lightning lane and she stays with us all the way till we go into the first sort of pre-show room. Now she stayed with us most of the time. She would either ride the ride with us or she would put us on the ride and then go out a special cast door to meet us where we were going to exit. Was, was there, were there certain, like, was there a reason she rode certain rides and not other rides? Was it just what she preferred or is it something she has to do? So she loves riding the rides, but on a ride like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's hard for her to justify taking a spot from one of the guests waiting. Uh. So she watched what was happening with the wait times engaged it from there unless we specifically said like we're a group of five we need you know this these are seats of two we want you to ride with us mm-hmm. so that we've filled out our- so yes yeah, so like if you were going to do like toy story mania for example mm-hmm. where you're playing a game against somebody if you have an odd yeah. number you'd want her with you so that exactly. you have somebody to play against okay yeah, that makes sense her- being with us because it was just fun. Yeah. Right? Just fun to have our tour guide with us. You're bonding time. with this person. You you right. want to experience it with them. I get it. Yes. I get it. Did So um, what did everybody think of Rise, like the newbies and stuff? I, I always have to ask. Well, interestingly enough, she had to leave us when we went into the pre-show because she got a phone call that she needed to take because it was from headquarters. So we got into the pre-show and then we walked out into the next part and the next part is kind of where they load you for what you would think of as the start of that ride it's still sort of I don't know I don't know how much I can give away here but you walk from like a pre-show to another multiple pre-shows in in this ride kind of before the second okay I guess where you walk out of the like resistance cave area yeah and then you and then you you board a a, yeah, you're going to be a ship is the up. second part of the right. pre-show. Yeah, yeah. So we walk out, and there's uh, it's obviously so themed, and jaws are hitting the floor, and then they suddenly take us around this tiny, tiny path around like the back of the X-wing, and I was like, that's not where we're supposed to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's not our ship. So I knew I knew something was wrong, but we didn't really. I mean, you, you follow what the yeah. What do you do? Yeah, do. yeah. 
So like, you know, we were like, huh. And then we immediately texted our tour guide and asked her like, Hey, what's happening? And she found us in line magically and got us out of the line. And she said, the ride just went down. So we are going to head over to smugglers run and we'll see what happens. Um, so on the way over to smugglers run, she handed us all thermal detonator drinks. Um, so we bought us <laughs> rounds of Coke and Sprite and whatever else. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, she talked to us a lot about Galaxy's Edge, how there are no hidden Mickeys in Batu um, to keep it authentic and, you know, how much it cost and, you know, why that was a significance. That was really cool. Um, and then we went over to Smuggler's Run and rode that. And we asked her to ride because, again, it's a ride for six people. Yep. And if you're missing someone, you're missing like a gunner or a pilot or an engineer. And you don't want that. Yeah, so. It's true. Yeah. You've got a mission and you need all of the appropriate people doing their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and we put her as a pilot because we we're like, well, you're the expert. So oh, you take the hard role. I'm never um, the pilot. I want to be the pilot one of these every time. Every time I'm the engineer. Every time. I <laughs> Almost did not go on Slumbler's Run because when I rode it last time, my five-year-old was the pilot and it was a horribly <laughs> rough ride. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I want to put myself through that again. Um, but it's fine when you're, a five-year-old isn't driving. It's actually very wonderful. Um, and we got one of the highest, um, I don't know, we were master pirates, I think, um, as what oh, wow. we got. So we did really well. I've she never told had us that she happen. had never gotten that high. Wow. That, it was incredible how well we did. So I want to backtrack for a second because you said she was talking to you about Batu and Galaxy's Edge. And I'm looking at the notes that you gave me and the dollar amount stuff she told you was super interesting. Yeah. So I would love for you to just touch on that. Sure. So when we were at Epcot, she was telling us how Epcot, the plans for it were much more grandiose than what it ended up being because it got to a billion dollars back in the 80s. And so it was cut off from further development. Um, and that's one of the reasons that Epcot doesn't have the tunnels like the Magic Kingdom has, because that was in the plans, but they cut it. Like oh, as soon as the cost got high, they, yeah. they scrapped further development. Yeah. Um, so Galaxy's Edge cost $1.2 billion, um, and that's in current money. Um, so with inflation, um, the $1 billion for Epcot is about $3.6 billion today. So it costs three times as much as Galaxy's Edge, but it is so much bigger, right? Galaxy's Edge, the footprint is like, um, like, 10 acres it's like or something a, it's like a that. fraction of the size and Epcot's yeah it's like 300 oh, acres yeah <laughs> so it's so funny that that too costs a third of what Epcot does and it's only like five percent of the size right that is amazing but just the yeah. oh, the detail though yeah and she she just knew all of this yeah even if you're not a Star Wars person now were the people in your group were they all star I mean I assume because everybody's picking rides that you had at least a couple of Star Wars People. Yeah, we we were Star Wars enthusiasts. So and so coming into Galaxy's Edge with someone who's a Star Wars fan who's never seen it and didn't even have spoilers, didn't even watch a video, was just incredible. There were tears Isn't of that joy. The best? Yeah, because you feel like you're in not even a movie set. You really feel like you're on Batu, right? Um, and there's no hidden Mickey's there. 
in order to keep it authentic, but she was pointing out hidden Millennium Falcons. What? The designer still wanted to do something fun. So instead of hidden Mickeys, there's hidden Millennium Falcons. Okay. When we're done recording, I want you to tell me where a few of them are. We won't spoil (laughs) them on the show, but when I stop recording, (laughs) you're going to spoil a few of them for me so that when I go, I can look for them. It's not spoiling, right? It's just telling you where to look. It's research. I'm doing (laughs) research. That's really cool. And you're right. There is nothing better than going with a newbie who doesn't have spoilers. That was my the trip I just got back from. Um, the friend I went with, he hadn't been since he was a kid and he remembered literally nothing. So going with him and seeing like just the look of awe. And he's a big Star Wars person too. So like we walked into Galaxy's Edge and just the amazement and the awe. It's it's awesome. It's like a right. kid. It's like watching your kids on Christmas kind of thing. Yes. It's yes. a similar feeling. It really, it makes it more magical. It does. I, I loved it. It does. I'm all about, like, I like, you know, from time to time looking up spoilers, but I also, I do like to go into some things cold for that reason, you know, yeah. not knowing anything about it. It's really cool. I like the spoilers a few times through, like going in cold, but then like looking up, like, what scene should I look for the hidden Mickey? In? Yeah. Or what like, did what I miss? going to be my third time writing? Yeah. Because yeah. every time, when you write something once, you, I, you miss something, you're going to miss something. Yes. And so yeah. then after I've written it the first time going back and it's like, all right, what did I miss? What should I look for next time? Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so we did Smuggler's Run. Is Rise back up at this point or are you just it is moving not. on? No, okay. So we head over to Toy Story Land and we do Slinky Dog Dash. Um, and when we got off that roller coaster, um, she said that Command Center told her Rise of the Resistance was back up and running. And I checked my app and it wasn't on the app yet. So she had like preemptive knowledge of them putting it back up on oh. the app. So that was really cool. So we got over to Rise of the Resistance before anyone knew it was back up. Um, so that was really neat. Wow, um, cool. And one of the pieces of like her job is to monitor the lines. And if the lightning lane line is long, we won't even wait in that line. If it's going to be more than a five minute wait, she'll take us through cast doors. Oh, Wow. Yeah. So we didn't really do that much in the beginning of the day. We do experience it later, but I think the crowds were still low enough or the lightning lanes were spaced out enough that we were still at this point, just going through the lightning lane line for everything. And she did tell us that um, she prefers to send people through the lightning lane lines because then you get all of the pre-shows. So if you're going through these Uh, backstage cast areas to get directly on the ride, sometimes you miss, you know, even if it's just the theming in the line or a pre-show, it kind of detracts a little bit from your experience. That's so true. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. And all of these things are in her head constantly. She's really looking out for us the whole time. It must have been exhausting. (laughs) You know, I'm sure she has it down to a science Probably. And she has a command center to help. So that's how how many years did you say she'd been doing VIP tours? Five years of VIP tours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure she's like, she knows she could do this with a blindfold on, I'm guessing. And she said, if you're a high profile celebrity and you can't really be in with lines or crowds that they don't get to use the lightning lanes ever, that they always have to go through these back doors and they don't even get to walk through the parks. Like it's constantly a cast door right onto a ride back to the van. That's kind of a um, shame because you're, is, you're missing yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. It's a price you have to pay to be a celebrity. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I guess <laughs> it's a problem, but is it a problem? Yeah. But yeah, you know, <laughs> so you found out rises back up. So you guys make your way over there. So we got to do the pre-show 
twice. Twice. So it was really yeah. fun. There was less tears this time. And it was actually a really good thing that we were taken off the ride halfway through because that, you know, if suddenly your Ray is talking to you and you're a big Star Wars fan and you feel immersed, like it's overwhelming. So taking in the rest of that ride, what like you were already capped. You were already yeah. um, not able to take more in. So coming back a second time actually worked really well for a few people in our group. And I loved that. That's kind of like what we were just saying about the spoilers, right? Like you do it right. and then, you know, you go back because you're like, well, what did I miss? You know, so yeah. that's yeah, it's kind of a similar a similar thing. So it was so much fun. So we rode that. And then that was our last ride in Hollywood Studios. Okay. Do you know what what time is it? Because this is park number two. And you've it's done three be big rides. It's about 3.45 because we get over to, to Tule Canteen around 4 p.m. So we're about less than halfway through our tour. Three to four hours in. And now you're heading over to Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So where does where do you get picked up from here? Do you have to go back over to the Hollywood Tower Hotel to get picked up? Or do they have a different pickup location? She asked us if we wanted to see a little more in like she could run up, she could walk us to a different pickup location or back to the same one. Or, you know, we wanted to just get to the like we just wanted to go because we decided we were hungry at this point. So we went back through the one by Tower of Terror because that was the closest without seeing something different. And it's the cast door there is right by Lightning McQueen's Academy. And it's just a hole in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) You just walk through. (laughs) There isn't even a sign saying like only cast until like you've already kind of walked through it. So again, interesting. I didn't see anyone else walk through this door, but we did. And the number of times that like I've probably walked past it or you've walked past it and never noticed a cast member going in and out or never even noticed that that was there. It's my I have small I, children. So we hung out at Lightning Queens Academy in January and I did not notice that door at all. Yeah, no. So, but yeah. I mean, I'm pretty oblivious, but even so, like I I too have sat over there while somebody else is like on rock and roller coaster. Never noticed. <laughs> yeah. Never noticed. So she kind of just knows what's there and like you know, says like, here's kind of what your options are at Satuli Canteen. What are you interested in? And so we just kind of told her what we wanted. And then the mobile order was ready and waiting for us when we got there. I, I, I think it worked similar to a mobile order. We didn't actually pick it up. But then Mickey also provided some appetizers, drinks, and a round of the night blossoms, which were really fun. Where where did they drop you off at Animal Kingdom? Because that's another one that's a oh, walk yeah. if it's the front of the park. No, we were, we came out into Pandora. So the walk from where she parked the car to. So you were right there. Yeah. Satuli Canteen is right there. Yeah. Yeah. There were some trees and then you walk in and suddenly the Pandora skyline is there and you're like, how, how I was just standing right next to this behind the door. So well hidden. Like the number of times, you know, that I've been there and I, I don't even ever think about backstage areas because it's just, it's so well hidden and you're so immersed, you know, in what's going on around you. So to hear that you're like, no, we just walked in. We were in Pandora already. I'm like, really? And I had you no idea we were in? there. Yeah. I thought like Animal Kingdom, right? I thought we would walk in, walk a little bit, see the tree, yeah, get over yeah. to Pandora. But like suddenly I'm in Pandora and I was like, what? Like, I just teleported you guys. So it was <laughs> That's really what my cool. kids say. Whatever they like, don't. When I, I t- I'm like, you didn't teleport. You're just oblivious. But like, yeah, it's like, yeah. how did that get there? It teleported. That's well, and this particular backstage area was interesting because when 
flight of passage was first opened, the line was so long that people desperately just started trying doors to find a bathroom. And they ended up backstage in this area. And the you know, cast members find a random person wandering around looking for a bathroom. And so they built bathrooms into the line. They lines. did. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to have a three-hour line, you should have a bathroom. So Yeah, I'm not sure they understood it was going to be a three-hour line. So, yeah. I didn't realize that people were wandering into these cast areas, though. Yeah. I can't imagine just trying random doors. I, you know, just, if you're desperate, you do, yeah, you know, you, do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> more likely, I would try random doors if my child desperately had to go to the bathroom. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, now we try random doors. Right, but for right. me, I would be like, I don't have that audacity. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really cool. So we we take a few minutes to sit down and eat at our reserved table um, at Satuli. And um, it was wonderful. The food was great. We tried lots of different things. Um, and then she she ushered us over to Navi River Journey because it's a little bit easier on a full stomach. Um, and then like it looked like the crowds were thicker at this point and wait times were higher. Okay. Um, so she had told us this was a moderate park day that on average they host about like 80 VIP tours in one day and there was only 55 going that day so oh on um, average there are 80 VIP tours going on in one day yeah that's way higher than I would have guessed yeah pay attention when you're in lightning lanes I mean I've definitely noticed because you see the plaid vest that's what they wear and I've definitely noticed them and there have been times of year like I I I I don't know if it's coincidence or what, but I always feel like I notice them more on the holidays. Where I'm like, oh, it's people celebrating, mm-hmm. or because the parks are busier, maybe more people are willing to spring for it. Yeah. But I even so, I never would have guessed that many. And now, what you were traveling in um, August? Was it like mid, mid September? Late, September. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So it definitely would be lower crowds in September. You're not going at yeah. like peak time. So our tour was Tuesday, September 6th. And for reference, Labor Day was Monday the 5th. And I, when I got into the resort Monday night, it was dead. And I didn't understand if there was some sort of global catastrophe <laughs> I missed. Or, Where is like, everybody? Like, this is not what Disney looks like. Yeah. You're like, is this and the Twilight Zone? What's happening? I kept asking like... <laughs> Am I in danger for being in the, on these walkways alone? So I kept asking, like, where is everyone? And the cast members kept saying, everyone goes home Monday afternoon. Yeah. It's going to be a ghost town all night. And I was like, interesting. I had heard it was a slower Labor Day weekend in general this year. And I don't I don't know if it's just, you know, like my kids have already started school. They started before right. Labor Day. So maybe that's it. It's just people are just getting back into we've all had our summer revenge travel and people are getting right. I don't I don't know. But I mean, that is kind of cool that you were able to take advantage of that. Yeah, it is, you know, even even without crowds, there's no way we would have gotten this itinerary done without a VIP Oh, tour. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no way. So after Navi, we head over to Flight of Passage, and we did use the Lightning Lane for this, but not exactly. Like, there, we went in where the Lightning Lane was, but she didn't sign us in, as she usually does, because there's a door right there, and she took us through that secret door, and the door brought us right to the pre-show where they biometrically connect you with your avatar. <laughs> right, right. So we didn't wait in the lightning lane line for this because she said the lines were getting a little long. So okay. So we did still get to see the pre-show for this one, but still got to bypass the line. Um, so that was really cool. 
And then after Flight of Passage, we wanted to do Expedition Everest. And um, we decided to walk across the park because we wanted to see the Tree of Life. So she could have taken us out and driven us around, but I think seeing that Tree of Life is super important for the newbies. Totally. That's cool that you had that option, though. Like, if you really were like, we need to save as much time as possible... It's really yes. cool that that was an option because that and it was a gamble because there was a storm approaching. So okay, she's like Everest will close if you know if there's any lightning or rain. Yeah, and so, so you had to like, hustle. No, but we we want to see the tree. So um, and hustling with five adults who know how to weave through a crowd is not that challenging, <laughs> right? I wasn't trying to get a five year old to not walk into other people. Oh, so do your kids spin um, like mine? Mine are always like yes. spinning. I'm like, why are you yes. spinning? You're not going to so take off and fly there. They yeah. Can't do the efficient path. They have to yeah. twirl and weave. And right. Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable, but you know. Right. Not when you're, <laughs> not when you got places to be. Right. Um, so we walk all the way over and we hop on and we get to ride the ride. Um, and as we're coming off, lightning has set in. So, um, she's already been notified that the Magic Kingdom outdoor rides are down for the lightning. And she insists that she's going to stop and buy us ponchos. And if she does, it will not rain. And we were like, (laughs) cool. So she stops at a merchant shop and gets us all ponchos. And um, she, you know, has them in a bag in case. And she's waiting. But she was right. It didn't rain that whole night. So we did have lightning on and off that kept the rides opening and closing. So So did you ever get to do Everest? We did. Oh, good. Yeah, we did it. We were like one of the last coasters to go before they closed it. So that was cool. And we got to take a few minutes to get some pictures by the tree while she was getting us ponchos. So it it was a lovely little trek through um, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that worked out. Were you guys stopping and taking photos as you were going? Or were you like, go, go, go? Were you stopping in stores? Anything like that? Or was it just on the move? pretty go, 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 but we were snapping photos the whole time. So, you know, they're probably not great because we're walking. (laughs) They're all um, just a blur Yeah, as you're running by. We decide we'll still head over to Magic Kingdom, even though we know that there's some closures and we'll just have to pivot what our plans were and um, just be flexible. So, okay. So what were, before you tell us what you actually did, what were your goals Mm -hmm. in Magic Kingdom? Since you've already said some of these were outside. Big Thunder, Seven Dwarves, I think like Space Mountain was the other big one. So those were like, okay. So the coasters, you wanted to do the coasters. Okay. All right. So what, what actually ended up happening? What actually ended up happening is we got to hit a lot of the like really like classic rides, which was great too. They were on our list. They just weren't at the top three because wait times, right? You can you can better predict the wait times for those and handle it with a regular ticket day, with like even without Lightning Lane. So we get over there and we come in to Haunted Mansion. Like I don't even remember where we walked in, but like we were just suddenly in Liberty Square. And Haunted Mansion was there. And we went through the exit of Haunted Mansion where everyone was coming out. And then there was a secret door there that took us directly to the ride. So we didn't get to see the pre-show for this one, but the line was quite long. I mean, all of the outdoor rides at Magic Kingdom were closed. So everyone was funneling to the... That makes yeah, sense. And anyone who lost a lightning lane from the outdoor rides going down could use it on a ride like Haunted Mansion. So big, big lines. So we 
had to skip some of like getting introduced to the ghost host and that sort of fun stuff and just got right onto the buggies. So that was a bit sad, but it is what it is. And Haunted Mansion had been down quite a bit that day as well. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, I'm glad you got to do it. Yeah. So we got on, we got to enjoy our tour. None of us ended up remaining permanent residents, which is nice. <laughs> Did you take um, a hitchhiking ghost with you? You know, I think there was at least a few that tried. So we'll, right. we'll see if there's weird noises in my house this weekend. Okay. So then we headed over to Peter Pan and we decided at this point we were just going to stay in the park and walk through the park to get to whatever we wanted. We didn't want to like shuttle around to different, like, especially because we were kind of on the fly here figuring out what we wanted to do. So we just walked Magic Kingdom at this point. Okay, so driving would have been an option, but you guys chose to walk. Yes, or even if not driving, like there were corridors that could like take us out of the crowded areas, but none of us are going to get mauled if someone sees us and gets excited, <laughs> right? Like, right. We're not Mickey Mouse, it's fine. And so, and it was it's fun to be in the Magic Kingdom, to be a part of that bubble, right? So we, we just walked. So we did Peter Pan, we walked over to Space Mountain, we got to see Tron operating test runs, so she could get us kind of like not just like in the public areas, but walk a little closer. Oh, cool. And they're apparently they're operating with weighted test runs now instead of just running the coasters. Oh, so that's really fun. Yeah. At this point, we are running into VIP tour after VIP tour because anyone in the Magic Kingdom is, you know, has a limited amount of things to do. So uh, it's really fun to watch our tour guide like banter with the other tour guides. <laughs> and I will say that tour guides will be matched to your group based on like the energy that you, that you want, right? We wanted someone really lively who was going to like hike us 16 miles and get us to all these rides. And so we got that. There were tour guides that were definitely like much more calm and maybe would be better for young children. Interesting. And, you know, so I would say if you're going to book a tour, make your preferences really clear. And if you want a wonderful like high energy tour. Our tour guide's name was Charlie and she was just amazing. And even if you don't want that same tour, I would still book her for my next tour. Now I know. So you guys, it was all adults in your group, right? There were no it young was. people. Correct. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if somebody does have a young person who maybe isn't tall enough to go on the ride or they have a baby or whatever, how would they do? Would they do like a rider swap? Would like if I have my five-year-old with me, could she hang out with the tour guide while I go on a ride? Like what, what do they do? Do you know what the process is in that situation? I don't have an answer to that. That's not something I thought about asking. That's her. okay. My guess would be you can't leave a child unattended because the VIP tour rules is that if there's a, someone under 17, they have to be accompanied by an mm, adult on okay. the tour. So I'm guessing they don't want the liability Good of the to know. tour guides babysitting. Yeah, they're not a babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, um, no, that's, I, it's okay. You didn't ask. I was just curious just in case it came up. But based on like all of the cool little corridors she can get you in, I'm sure like it would be easier than rider swap, right? right. She just half of you would go and then she'd take the next half like back through a secret entrance that took two seconds for you to get through. Right, so, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure that is something you can work out a plan to like, how would you prefer right. to do this? You know, do you, how do you want to split up? And and I'm. it sounds to me like they're going to bend over backwards to make it work. However you want to make it work with your, little, with your little person. We saw lots of tours with people too young to 
too short to ride some of the rides. So they must have that thought through already. Well, you know, and I got to say, like I having done the parks with babies before it, you know, you I can see how a VIP tour would be beneficial if, if it's in your budget, because the number of times that like either myself or my husband has had to sit out or a ride that should take, you know, 20 to 30 minutes takes over an hour because we have to switch off. And, right. you know, and the rider switch system at Disney isn't the best. It just it just isn't. So if they can just like cut you through, you ride it and then, you know, the next adult gets to cut through and ride it. That's way, way faster still. Right. I agree. And you don't have the restrictions of the lightning lane where if you want to ride Peter Pan, you get book that lightning lane, you can't book it again. Like we right. could do the same ride all day if that's what we wanted <laughs> If do. you just want to just keep getting in the line over and over again, that's what she'll do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So she's, she's very wonderful. And another benefit to this tour with young kids is that she took care of us. So she was really paying attention to make sure we weren't getting overheated. We weren't getting sunburned. We weren't dehydrating. So she was monitoring us like a biometric device to make sure that we were safe and healthy and enjoying ourselves. Well, Mickey's and her boss and Mickey wants you to stay hydrated is what yes. I was told. So yes. <laughs> she's... Mickey takes care of his guests yes. for sure. So she has um, to answer to so, Mickey. Yeah. Sometimes as a, a parent juggling multiple things in a Disney vacation, like, you know, you have to be on your app, making sure you're booking the next thing or getting a mobile order or whatever. You might not notice some of the just obvious signs of your child getting tired or, you know, whatever it is, but her job is to pay attention to those things. So, so that, that's a really good benefit. Just having this other pair of eyes, paying attention, somebody to looking out things. for your best interests and your family's yeah. best interests. And on top of that, getting the most out of your trip. Yes. Cause this is a one day thing and you've done everything or almost everything yeah, at this point several days worth of things in one day yeah. so that could also cut down on hotel costs if oh, you factor yeah. that in yeah um so you know do the math for yourself and this this might be very worth it and you know it might not be as well like it, it kind of depends on what you are looking for yeah, yeah i know i could not pay for this for my family that would be you know a one income stream paying for a VIP tour versus splitting it with 10 friends. Um, so this would be something that's fairly impossible for my family. Oh, it's not for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can also do all of this without the VIP tour. So however, however you can have your magic, just enjoy your magic. Right. It's working out well for you so far. Yeah. Um, okay. So where else are you going in Magic Kingdom? So we're in Tomorrowland, right? Because yeah. you did Space Mountain. You said you were watching Tron from a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any idea as a group at this point. We were like, uh, and she was like, let me take you to Buzz Lightyear. It's one of my favorites. And we were like, that sounds great. Yeah. So we walk over to Buzz Lightyear. We go into the shop at the, that like you leave through and there's a cast door behind the, the, uh, cash register. And she just takes us through that door and it's where everyone's leaving their little pods. And so we get on to pods that have been vacated and then like it rides through a little bit of a section and then takes you to where people are loading. So we were like preloaded pods. Wow. Um, How I, weird for the people standing there to I see like the empty faces. cars come through yeah. and there you so are. Suddenly there's people. There it's was like, definitely uh, some surprise. I think those people <laughs> forgot to get off. <laughs> right. 
Um, but clearly the cast members knew what was happening. Yeah. So they were just like moving it along. Um, so it was, it was pretty funny, but yeah, um, that was really quick. And she gave us some like secret trips, uh, su- secret tips on how to, um, maximize your points. Oh, um, so okay. That was really cool. You got to tell me. Sure. You got to so tell me what's the tip. Cause I'm so bad at this. Orange robot. And he's got a target on the inside of his hand. And okay. that target is worth very high points. Okay. There's a volcano with a target and that's very high points. Okay. And then Zerg has a target under him. So if you concentrate on those three targets and just keep your little beam on it as you're moving through, you'll uh-huh. get crazy high points. I got like 850,000 some points, which wow. is insane. Like that's more than I... Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm really bad at Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger yeah. spins. So, OK, I'm I'm going to try that my next trip and report yeah. back on. Perfect. On that. OK, so she's you guys are unsure where you're going. Are you hoping seven dwarves will pop back up? We are. And she keeps checking her app for that. But it's still not up at this point. So we're like, let's do pirates. We all love pirates. So. Um, we head over to Pirates, and we use a secret door again for this one, and we don't do the lightning lane. Um, so uh, that was pretty cool. Um, still got to do the whole ride because there's really no pre-show on that. And some of the way she took us kind of weaved through the, like, fort, so we got a, a taste of what the line queue was um, but didn't have to wait at all. And so that was great. And um, as we are coming off Pirates, Seven Dwarves, she gets notified it's going to come back up. And so we um, go over there. And there were like Seven Dwarves had like 10 VIP tour groups converge on it right at that moment because they all were notified. <laughs> yeah, sure they yeah. were all waiting for it. They're all running um, over there. So we all got there before it was back up in the app. So the you know, I, lanes. I'm guessing they do that on purpose because they know like you. So, so you said typically there are 80 VIP tour groups, right? And let's just assume yeah. they're distributed evenly across the park. So there's like 20 in each park, right? So that yeah. means when Seven Dwarves goes down, odds are most of those 20 groups with up to 10 people are going to run to Seven Dwarves. So if they notify VIP before they notify everybody else, they can get those people through and then open up the line. Right. That would be Even my if guess. It's just a couple minute head start. Yeah, like get those um, people going and right. then let regular guests back on the ride. I'm guessing that that's very, very intentional that you knew and the app still showed it as yeah. being down. And we, again, we're like, we wrote it and then it closed down very shortly. Oh, no. Again, for lightning. (laughs) Well, at least you got to ride it, though. That's good that you made it in that brief window. It was crunch time, too, because we wanted to be at the castle for fireworks. So it's we're getting close to fireworks time. And you said your your VIP tour was over at 9 p.m. Is that right? Yes. So we scheduled ours to end at nine, which allowed us access to the VIP viewing area, but we weren't paying for the time of the fireworks with our tour guide. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's a really good way to time that. A little hack there. Yeah. Um, So, so where is the VIP viewing area? So our area was a grassy area that was fenced off right in front, like across the street from Casey's. 
so we could so Casey's corner was right there and then we could easily turn our heads and see all all of the light on Main Street but also had a clear view of the castle and she set that up for us like there's several different areas so she picked that one because she's like this this is the one you want because you can see all of these things I think the projections are what make that show the projections down Main Street oh yeah. people criticize that show I love it and I love it because the projections on Main Street I feel add so much to it and adds it for the people who don't want to wait you know 90 minutes in you know when we got to sweaty heat there was already people yeah yeah and that must have been at least an hour and a half before the fireworks even were going to go so it was it was a lot yeah so it was wonderful to just have this vip viewing area so we got there like five minutes before the fireworks were going to go off and so we got to say our goodbyes to our tour guide and take a bunch of photos with her and she handed out our VIP pins and Mickey bars and another round of bottled water just to make sure we were hydrated for the rest of the night. And all of the other VIP tour guides were having to lose their bets at this point. Uh, so we got you, to all four parts did it. in a nine hour itinerary. So <laughs> she felt very good, I'm sure. <laughs> and fireworks on top of it. I, I think that's really cool though. That's how you ended it where like she got you settled before the fireworks yeah. and then you guys were able to say your goodbyes and then you were in the VIP area and then on your own at that yeah, point. So it was perfect. And then after the fireworks were done, we could just sit in this grassy area and just let the crowd do its crazy crowd thing and not have to like be a fish in that crazy stream. Yeah. So yeah. We hung around for a few extra minutes while the crowd dispersed. And then we ended up doing a few things after the tour as well. Cause magic kingdom was open till 11 PM. So okay why not? So yeah, so our tour, we kind of scheduled it in to perfectly fit to allow us to do a little before and a little after, but it felt, it just felt so good. It was, we got so much done and we really like felt great about what happened that day. The value. Yeah. Now, can I ask, because you, we discussed that you had to have a park ticket to do the VIP. Did you have to have a park hopper ticket or? Yes. Okay. Okay, I just so wanted to make sure. Going, and that's based on your tour. If your tour is going to be Magic Kingdom only, then you wouldn't necessarily need the park hopper option. But if you plan on visiting multiple parks, you do need a ticket to reflect that. And if you are whatever park you're starting in, you do need reservations. I'm sure that the tour office can help with that when they talk to you about it, but we just all made reservations for Epcot that morning on our own. Okay. And now when you hopped from Epcot to the next park, was it after 2 p.m.? Do you know if that rule applies to VIP tours? The rule does not apply to VIP tours. Okay. So if you were to start at park opening, let's say, and then you wanted to hop like in the morning to the next park, you could do that? Yes. Yeah. When you're on a VIP tour, the hopping rules are not the same. Okay. So you, you do need the hopper ticket, but you, those, the other rules don't necessarily apply. Correct. And we did not go through any kind of like ticketing gate or security gate from that moment on. So I think if you start your tour at a hotel, there's still some sort of security and ticket sign in you have to do, but that's it for the day then you're using cast entrances and we didn't we didn't scan our tickets the entire day like after we were in Epcot. Now I know this was a gift from your your friend but so you weren't the one footing the bill so to speak but as far as like what it costs like knowing what it costs and let's just say 
it was just you, you know, like you're able to do this on your own and you were splitting it with friends. Would you have found the value in what it would have cost? Like when we did that math or would you be like, oh, like what, how did you feel about value versus cost? I felt like the value was there for me because like if I was splitting this with 10 friends, because as someone who's been to the parks often, there are things that can add to my experience for things I've already done before. And that's like knowing where to look for the hidden Mickey, right? Not knowing exactly where to look, but getting a clue and little things like that, like really increased the value for me, having someone tell me fun facts and tell me stories about the last tour they took and what they did. And those were all really wonderful pieces of information and added to this magic that helped me like as someone who's been to the parks many times, have a new experience. And, you know, I could add more backstage stuff in and focus less on attractions and see. That's what I would want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would want to see that. I would want to see as much backstage stuff as they would allow me to see. Um, Is is there anything you would have done differently now that you've done it? Let's say you had the opportunity to do it again. Would you change anything? Would you do anything differently? Oh gosh. It's always, it always comes down to like, it was a hundred degrees that day. (laughs) I would have picked a day where the weather was cooler, which is in Orlando. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Hypothetically, the temperature should be going down around this time of year, but it was very hot. There was all the sweating. (laughs) So, you know, if, if this, if I could do this again, I would pick like January, which is also like a lower traffic time of year usually. And might have like, at least in the mornings, much cooler weather because, you know, the tour guide couldn't stop that from happening. Now we did get to get into an air conditioned car a lot, but still, still real sweaty. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking, you provided me some math in here too with, let's see, you had like Mickey bars, 650 and you got for five people, pretzels, 750 for five people. How many rounds of snacks and drinks did you get? Did you say? We did. We did a round of Mickey bars, a round of pretzels, and then five rounds of water, two rounds of like other drinks. And the special treat Mickey provided that night blossom beverage, the ponchos, the pins, if you price them as like you would a special event pin and and the prepackaged snacks, which I kind of just guessed the value for those. And all of that came out to about $375 of just gifted extras during this trip that weren't technically included, but ended up being included. I think that's really, that's very cool. Anything else important that you want to share about the VIP tours? We covered everything. I mean, don't be shy about communicating. Yeah. Like if, if you, if there's something you want, like that night blossom beverage, right? Like that was communicated by my friend and that wasn't supposed to be a part of the VIP tour, but they were like, Oh, this is his favorite thing to have in the parks. We'll make it a part of the tour. So how did that conversation happen? Was that, did he just mention that or was that, were they asking like leading questions beforehand? You nailed it. Yes. In that two week, there were leading questions in the two weeks prior to the tour. When you check in with the like VIP tour department, they did ask some leading questions and we didn't really think much of it because they were well disguised. And so I think that's where that came out of. Okay. It was, it was a special surprise. 
Oh, this is so cool. Kurt's going to be so mad because I'm I'm going to be like, we need to book one of these. <laughs> well, I don't know. He won't have to wait in any line. And Ooh, you don't have right. to plan it. So this is like... That's a good you know, sell. Yeah. Oh, Carol, thank you so much for sharing this with me. You got me really excited about VIP tours. No problem. Hopefully I need to make 10 to I need to make 10 friends now so that I can hey, you can count me as one of those. Nine I friends. I'd be happy to pay my part. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I just need to make eight more friends perfect, and then VIP perfect. tour time. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you. Thank you to Carol for sharing her VIP experience with us. So cool. I'm so jealous. Um, I'm hoping I can now convince my husband that VIP is worth all of the money. So we, we did break down some of the math. Um, yeah, it's not a cheap experience, but like we discussed in there, you know, if you're doing just like a one or two day thing, you're saving a huge amount of money on hotels, um, you know, additional park tickets, things like that. And you get to see stuff that you probably wouldn't get to see otherwise. And you, you know, are eliminating the stress of dining reservations, virtual queues, Lightning Lane, Genie Plus, all of that stress that you would have to plan for and be up at the crack of dawn and, you know, trying to figure out on your own. You don't have to worry about any of it. So there is definitely a benefit. You are, I mean, you're paying a premium, yes, but you're getting a premium product. So, um, something to to consider to weigh out, and I'm going to be doing my best to convince my husband. Um, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, go ahead and leave me a voicemail message. There's a link in the show notes for you guys to do that, or if you've gone on a VIP tour and you want to tell me about it, because again, I'm super jealous with this VIP tour. It's amazing. Um, but otherwise, I will see you guys in the parks.